Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For everything indie, for everything cults, it's the Blue Horseshoe now. Here's your host, George Bremer and Ryan Hickey. All right, George, we highlighted the importance of the seven-game stretch. We've hammered it home when you play five division games in the first seven games. We talked about the importance of the Colts get off to a hot start. They've not listened so far, to say the least. But to their credit, they still have a chance they to turn it around Two division games, you're 2-2-1 two, two, and one so far, so you have a real chance here. Everyone want to go best-case scenario. You're 4-2-1. and one. I think we would sign for that before the season started, even with how you know it started. We'd be overjoyed and say, okay, you're in a good spot now going forward. Obviously, the one thing they can't do in this two-game stretch is 0-2. Now, that, that's the, the one thing you absolutely cannot do. You cannot get swept by the Jags. You cannot get swept by the Titans. That is for sure. So let's just say they go 1-1 one and one these next two games. Which is a more important to win in your opinion, George? Is it a more important to win against Jacksonville this upcoming week at home? Or is it more important to beat the Titans, split that series uh, in Nashville when they play in week number seven? Which game, if, you, if I tell you right now, you can only win one? You want the Jaguars? Is that more important of a win? Or is it the Titans? If I can only win one, I think it's a Tennessee game because I trust Tennessee more over the rest of the season. I think if you lose that one, they're more likely to hold that tiebreaker over you the rest of the year because of, because of what they've done within the division. Whereas Jacksonville is coming off a loss to Houston. So even if you get swept by them, you know, as you said, you won't be swept by either team. But if you get swept by Jacksonville, they still got two more games with Tennessee left. They haven't even played them yet. They've got another game against the Houston team who apparently they've got all kinds of struggles with at 0-9. I feel more, you know, if you've got to choose one, I feel more confident Jacksonville is going to drop other divisional games uh, throughout the year than, than that Tennessee is. They just haven't done it. The Colts have not proven any way to beat that team. They need to win both of them. We know that. That's yes. the obvious yes. answer. 
But if you can only win one, I would pick the Tennessee game. I'm with you as well, because I also think there's sort of like a little bit of a mind block there as well. When you lose to the Titans now, what is it? Five straight times, right? Yeah, five straight times. It's just like you cannot continue now to lose these games where you got swept last year. You started this year uh, losing this, uh, and obviously in week number uh, week number four. So you're in a situation where I believe it's actually five out of six, not five no, but I think it's five out of six they, they've lost. So my apologies mm-hmm. there on the, the math. We don't get paid to do math here on this show. I apologize for that, folks. At Penn State degree, it was not, it was not a math major, that is for sure. <laughs> but like you mentioned, like that's a team that has owned the Colts. That's a team that's been the team to beat in this division. We know Jim Ursay's hatred for Tennessee and, and his hatred to continue to lose to that team. I'm with you. I think – for Frank Reich, especially, I think you you need to win that Titans game in Nashville. And I think to your point too, that's a team that's more trustworthy. That's the team that I think it's going to actually in the end of the season going to be the bigger competitor to the Colts of the division than the Jaguars right now. That's a game where you have to split. You cannot lose a tiebreaker to to Tennessee by getting swept. And I think that win too will provide more confidence and give this team more of a spark than let's say they beat Jacksonville. No disrespect to the Jack to the Jags, but if you lose. Sunday and then come back a week later and beat the Titans, even though they're three, three and one, I think you're feeling a whole lot better about this team going forward than if let's say it's reverse, you win this week, then you lose Tennessee and you're three, three and one, and you lose a tiebreaker to them as well. And your division record is, you know, continues to go south. I think that you're right that that Tennessee game is much more important. This just pops my mind as well. I'm wondering, George, because obviously a big discussion this year so far has been Frank Reich's job security. Now we know in Jim Ursay's tenure as owner for the Colts, he's never fired a coach in season. If things go south, if they do lose two in a row, and if the Titans game gets ugly, they lose, I don't know, 34-17, lose by double digits, not really competitive, and it's another game where you're sitting there and Tennessee just shows why they're the class of the division. Is Frank Reich in danger of getting fired then? It'll be interesting to see. You know, I always feel like really when you look at these these in-season firings, a lot of times it's a coach who's kind of a jerk or who kind of mm-hmm. did it to themselves. You know what I mean? It's like John Gr- John Gruden last year got himself fired, right? I mean, he had that situation with the emails. That was all on him. Uh, other times, it's a guy who's like completely lost the locker room, who the team just clearly doesn't have a lot of faith in. Um, you know, a situation like that. Sometimes it's that both like Urban Meyer. Thing. Sometimes it's Urban Meyer who just <laughs> apparently He's kicking his, his players of chaos. And, <laughs> and taking, you know, not going home with the team after losses on the road and and, and things like that. So. Um, I think a lot of it would matter on on where this locker room stands. Right now, Frank Reich hasn't lost the locker room. They still are mimicking everything that he says. They have that same even-keeled approach. I think they honestly believe they're going to get this together and they're going to get where they want to go, and a lot of that comes from their head coach. If, if they stop believing in that, and I don't know, maybe a, a really lopsided loss at Tennessee would do that. I think that's what it would take for, for Jim Irsay to make the call in season those where you can just see that this team is just given up on their head coach. They haven't right now. Right now, their biggest issue is they're their own worst enemy. We've been talking about it all year. Uh, every opportunity they have on offense to shoot themselves in the foot, they don't just get a grazing shot. They blow the whole foot off oh. and they do it <laughs> repeatedly drive after drive after drive. Uh, you can't do that. You know, the turnovers first and foremost, You've turned the ball over 11 times, I think it is, through through five games now. Ten of them are on your quarterback. That's obviously completely unacceptable. You're not going to win in the NFL consistently doing that against anybody. And then the sacks, you know, 21 sacks. Those two things combined are just killing drives because they're either behind the chains because they, they got sacked and it's second and long or third and long, or they're behind the chains because they fumbled and they recovered it, but it's second and long and third and long. Or they just lose possession of the ball altogether. 
you, you've got to eliminate these things. I don't know what's going to take because it's been five weeks and you've not seen a whole lot of improvement on that. Uh, but that's, that's the key to the season right there. Stop turning the ball over and stop. Look, I, at this rate, Matt Ryan's not going to make it through the year if, the, no. if they don't protect him better than this. No, that is absolutely true. You might pull Avante Davis at halftime. So, you know what, guys? I can't keep coming back at her getting killed. It could get ugly. You're right about that for sure. I, I do think that is a chance because that's we know if how Jim Mercy operates. He's an emotional man. He loves his team. He's, a, he's basically a fan, right? He's a, he's a fan who has a lot of money that could buy a team, and now he loves the Colts. Um, with that said, it's like if you... Um, Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. If you lose again in Tennessee, you get outclassed in that game, I think there's a real chance here for Frank that it could be the end of the line. Because like you mentioned, you're right. They have He has not lost the locker room. They've not tuned him out. And a lot of it's been, frankly, execution. Matt Ryan holds on to the ball. Like you said, seven picks, three fumbles right now. You can't be doing that from your 15-year veteran. Now it's a line, the most highest paid offensive line in the NFL, somehow just forgets how to block this year. So it's like there are issues where you are, it's on the players' turnaround. But at the same time, we are talking about the same things. Like we are now for th- through five weeks kind of harping on the same kind of issues that are plaguing this team. And it's like at one point if, or at what point, if you're not fixing them, do you say, you know, we're just doing the definition of insanity here and doing the same thing over and over again without making any or uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I think that that could be a game we need to keep an eye on George. Also, I think it does depend on how the Jacksonville game goes. Mm-hmm. I think it's tougher to fire him if they win this week and let's say lose a close one to Tennessee. Um, but if they lose this week to the Jags and then again, lose 34, 10 to the Titans in Tennessee, I think that's where we have to be a Frank watch. That that has to be something where you might not be getting the team playing back home. Um, you know, pulling over Meyer, let's say, but you know, not, not because he didn't want to go on the team plane, wasn't allowed on the team plane, but that's a situation. Cause that's, that's the most frustrating part. It's through five weeks and you can make the excuse now with the way preseason is right. Or lack thereof that no one really plays. Okay. The first two or three weeks could be an extended preseason. So you're still kind of getting the rust off, especially for the offensive line who really kind of need that those game reps to kind of truly get back into form. It's like, okay, fine. Give them a two, three week grace period, kind of work their way back in. But by now, week five, we should be seeing these issues cleaned up. And especially going back to Thursday night, George, you mean you're they're getting worse. It's not like they're slowly improving. The, the the Kansas City game I thought was a little bit of an improvement. And even in Tennessee, you saw some strides where pass blocking miscommunication was better than it has in the past. Then you okay, you take a situation where even though you lose, you, you do improve in some of the areas that are killing you. And then you take like four steps back on Thursday night with the protection, with Matt Ryan's balls. It's just like it's so maddening because anytime they take one step back this year, they find a way to go, or, or one step forward, I should say, they find a way to go two steps back. And if that's mm-hmm. continuing to be the case, Frank's a great guy, he has a locker room. I think Jim would consider a change there. But again, that's also, we're talking about right now, worst case scenario, you lose Sunday, you get embarrassed next Sunday against the Titans. I think that's what it would take for a change to possibly happen. But that's also kind of harps on the importance of this two-game stretch here. Like they, The schedule is forgiving in a way that for how bad the first five weeks were, they have a chance, George, to honestly erase every single doubt and frustration by just taking care of business the next two weeks, they it's right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. They have the chance, unlike you mentioned, be a closer uh, and someone you know in the division go take it. This is their chance here early in the season 
these next two games, this is your chance to go take it. Absolutely. And if I think you're not going to win this division without a winning record. It's a bad division, but I think you're still going to probably have to win Agreed. more than you lose Agreed. within a division, which is you've got to win these two games. Because if you lose either one of them, you don't have a chance to have a winning record in the division. So you've got to come out. You've got to find a way to beat the Jaguars at home. You've got to find a way to beat Tennessee on the road. At that point, you're 2-2-1 two, two and one in the division, which still isn't great. But you're, you'll be 4-2-1 and one overall, and you'll be sitting in a pretty good spot considering where you were at. Uh, and you'll start to feel a little bit better about tiebreakers and things like that because obviously I think the division's going to beat itself up a little bit. We've already seen that happen. I think that's going to continue uh, with upsets and, and things like that. So um, it's just it's critical. These next two weeks are absolutely critical. You've got to get it done. But you know when you're talking about these issues with the offensive line and turnovers, it's not just the first five weeks of the season. It's the last two weeks of last year too. I mean, you really got seven seven Very games now, almost half a season where the Colts have looked. Like this, for the most part, you know, some games maybe a little bit better than others. Some games far, far worse. I think the Denver game was one of the worst with six sacks and then I think two turnovers. Um, you just can't do it. You know, at some point that's got to be turned around. We thought Matt Ryan was going to be a big key to turning that around. He's actually been part of the problem. They need to fix it. If they don't, you know, then, then we're going to be talking about the draft the last few weeks of this this podcast and we're not going to be talking about any kind of playoff positioning. That's for sure. We'll be a college football pod now. It's just watching all these games and giving our reaction to who could look good in a Colts uniform next year. You're right about that. But I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up to kind of wrap up the pod here, George. Is you're right. I and mean, that's, I think, also part of the reason why now there's heat on Frankie's next two games where if you don't get it done, I think he could be the first coach fired in season. Is because you're right. You had, going back to last year as well, how they finished the year, you've changed the quarterback, right? Going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. So far, those issues have gotten worse. Forget about getting better. They've gotten worse. I'm not even saying the same. Uh, ball security wise, the offensive line has had some, you know, changes. You lose Mark Lewinsky in the, in the off season. So you, you've changed a few faces on the offensive line, but for the most part, the core is the core, but again, they have gotten even worse from last year. They kind of almost picked up where they left off going from last year to this year. So there's parts where the, the weaknesses right now on this team, like you mentioned, it's not like they popped up out of nowhere. There are question marks coming in. We expected a lot more from this offensive line. But you go back to last year, right? How, the reason why this Colts team was doomed the last two seasons, uh, two games of the year, and why they missed the playoffs, are the exact reason now through five games they look like one of the worst offenses and are statistically the worst offense in the NFL uh, because those issues have gotten worse and have not been fixed uh, whatsoever. So speaking of those issues, I'm actually really excited for the next podcast we do, the midweek pod, George, because we have a lot when it comes to offensive line changes that you know we were. Sprung on us on Thursday night with the entire switching. Now, I'd expect we'll get into more uh, the midweek probably. You expect those changes to carry over into Sunday's game. Now, when you have that little mini buys, actually practice time on the field this week to uh, to get those guys in a rhythm. I'm excited to see you know what the combinations are like and what the Colts plan on rolling out for Sunday. But we do know something has to change. So I'm really kind of excited to talk a little offensive line switch and see if the Colts now can bring a little juice. That'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Colts fans, I hope you enjoyed your Sunday. A stress-free Sunday. No, I did. George did it. It's nice kind of sit back and not have to be freaking out and sweating for three hours watching Matt Ryan get sacked and watching the Colts try to uh, hold on to a close game here because they do love the drama and they do love keeping it close no matter what. So stress-free weekend. Hopefully you enjoyed it, Colts fans. Thanks as always for listening to the Blue Horseshoe Pod. You can get George on Twitter to always get his thoughts on the Colts at GM Bremer. You can get me on Twitter as well at Ryan underscore Hickey number three. A big midweek pod. I'm very excited for that as the Colts do get set to, like I said, salvage and really kind of 
for the first time this year, take a, a true stranglehold on this division right now that has been anything but strong. We'll get you ready for that big Jaguars-Colts matchup when we're back. But enjoy it. Uh, have a great rest of your weekend, Colts fans. Have a great rest of your week. I'll talk to you in the midweek pod right here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast.